right. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you're listening to this. This is the Franken Culture Post WrestleMania podcast. My name is Martin, as always. I'm here today without Steve. He is AFK. If he does decide to join in, we will uh, make sure to get his opinions on everything. Uh, but with me today, I have two guests. I have my dear friend katie from jacksonville florida she is the resident nxt freak she consistently goes to every nxt taping that is available in orlando florida katie how are you doing tonight i'm good how are you i'm fantastic thank you for joining us tonight on such short notice oh thank you for having me (laughs) no problem and then on the other side of the platform we have my friend cliff he is uh, a dear Army veteran of our, our countries. Also, he uh, don't you have a radio show that you run up in Maryland, sir? Yeah, so, I mean, we have Get the KO. It's uh, just a UFC MMA kind of uh, podcast. But, you know, hopefully, you know, either I'm more of a guest on yours or... <laughs> You know, other way around, you come be a guest online, but we're going to start up a, we're, we are going to start up a WWE uh, podcast as well. Nice, nice. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us here on, on the Friday. And it's an Air Force podcast. veteran. Air Force? I said Army. Uh, <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> I know that's a sin. I apologize. We'll edit that out. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. So. Format for today, listeners, uh, we're going to just go over TakeOver. We're going to go over Mania. And, of course, the post-Mania is Raw SmackDown and what little bits of 205 Live that were interesting enough. Um, so, first and foremost, uh, what would you guys think of TakeOver? It was amazing. Like, I feel like I say this almost every TakeOver, but it was easily one of the best. Ha- well, no, it was the best TakeOver that they've had. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, uh, Dave Dave Melter of you know Wrestling Observer gave two of the matches on that card five stars, which a lot of people are recently are not too fond of Dave Melter and his antics or whatever his fake reporting. But yeah, five stars. I mean, it's in it's still incredible to think that that like there hasn't been in how seven or so years there hasn't been a five-star match in WWE, and now in the last three months, NXT has had three. I think the last one was CM Punk, John Cena at Money in the Bank. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was such a fun match. No, I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something about that match, I'm like, yo, that Memories. was so awesome. Yeah, walking down memory lane. No, so NXT TakeOver for me, it was, it was definitely uh, amazing. And, you know, like we were talking about prior to just everything kind of starting up, man, it was just, I watch a lot of the TakeOvers. I don't get to watch a lot of the shows. And so watching TakeOver was was amazing to me. I mean, it just, it's highlights. Just I, There's there's so many highlights to talk about that you couldn't even, like, we'd have to have another podcast just to talk about the highlights from NXT's TakeOver. So, yeah, Dave Meltzer, you know, he does give out those those he gives out those fives a lot, but I'm waiting for that first six star match that he's gonna get for WWE, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's gonna be in NXT. It's not gonna be a part of like a main event no. match and like Ross. It's gonna be an NXT match, and one of those is definitely gonna be that that match. Yeah, it's, no. it's gonna it's gonna involve Johnny Gargano. I just know it. Johnny five stars. <laughs> is that gonna be his new nickname? Are you gonna make it the next time taping? You're just gonna make a sign that says Johnny five star wrestling. 
Yes, we're you gonna should. we're gonna start a chant. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I will be there in spirit. Um. So yeah. Um. First match of the night was Adam uh, Adam Cole winning the ladder match for the inaugural NXT North American Championship. Uh. That was the one of the matches that won five stars from Dave Meltzer. Any takeaways from that? So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> My favorite part of the whole entire match, I'm sorry, we don't even have an order of how we're going to bring this up, but uh, Ricochet's backflip off the ladder while it's getting tipped over, like, to me, I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, there was a great moment. They had, you know, three ladders together. All six guys were on top of the the ladders. They're all fighting, doing their moves. You know, they all had, like, their certain spotlights. But to me, Ricochet stole the match. Even though Adam Cole won, I feel like Ricochet stole the match. I yeah, I would agree. Definitely it was a excellent first WWE showing for Ricochet, but I personally I felt even though he definitely stole a lot of the spotlight, I felt like one of the guys that really was highlighted in that match was Lars Sullivan. And I and I really I was glad for that because he's out of all six guys, he was the only one that was an actual like bread from the PC guy. Like the closest one is probably Velveteen Dream, but Velveteen was, even though he's young, he was on the indies and everything. But Lars is just pure PC. So he went out there and just gave us gave it his all. And I, I felt yeah. really was looked amazing. Lars Lars has that monster heel uh stature about him that really there really isn't a whole lot of sense brawn you can't really compare anything to brawn because he's got the size he's got the agility and everything else lars brings that old school vader style mentality just beat him up knock yes. him down everything else like yeah that. um i 100 agree with that the only problem i had with the ladder match besides the fact that i my prediction was wrong i predicted ec3 would win me too um, because I thought that would make a good transition into him being a heel, being top 1% and everything. I don't like the fact that he's a face starting off. Um, the that And I think that was my biggest disappointment, which is so minuscule compared to the event because everything in that match was just good. Like, I was happy that Cole won because he has been busting his ass. He did a double duty, quote unquote, for the night. So yeah. match deserves the five stars all around. Every All six of those guys deserve everything that they got yeah, I definitely that night. 100%. Uh, yeah, I agree. I loved, I, I loved it. I mean, I was just... Adam Cole, he's just... I don't know. He is a rare talent and it's definitely fun to watch him do his thing. It was in the name I was familiar with. I knew when he was coming out of like the indie side, like I really just kind of caught a whim of him. But watching him at NXT, I was like, "Wow, man, this guy, this guy's got something that a lot of the because uh, you know he's a smaller guy, so you're probably predicting that if he goes main onto the main roster, he's probably a 205 guy. But he's got something that not even Neville had when like on the on the main main roster. So if he was like on Raw or SmackDown, I feel okay. like Adam Cole. Adam Cole has that that persona and that attitude that, you know, I think it was the thing that Austin Aries was missing when he was on WWE. And I just see Adam Cole with it. And I'm just like, dude, he can attract so many different like people. Adam, to Adam him. Cole has a grab. He has a gravitas about him. Yes. That is just so alluring. Like Austin had some of it. Adam Cole has all of it. And yep. that's I what makes agree. that what, that's what makes uh, undisputed era so great. Uh, but we'll get that into the tag match once again. Um, as quickly, like I said, we got a lot to go through. Moving on, um, to me, to the disappointment of the night was Shayna Baszler defeating Ember Moon for 
the NXT champ, uh, Women's Championship. Um, first thoughts for me, kind of a cop-out. Um, I felt like it was a copy-and-paste finish from Oscar V. Bailey two years prior. Um, I, I didn't really get the ring psychology that a lot of Redditors and um, storyboard um, message board warriors were clamoring about. I didn't get that from this match. Oh, I no. got I got a lot of sp- I got some good spots and everything. I got, you know, it was just, it had a, some good spots. But for me, the technical side, all I see from Shayna is that she's a good striker. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I'm happy for Ember for moving up. We'll get to that later. But for the match to me, disappointing. It made no sense to me. It, I didn't like it at all. And I know I was arguing with a couple of friends and they were acting like the psychology made sense. And I don't see it at all. I think that the psychology of the match would have made sense if Shayna was a face or if Ember was the one that was in Shayna's place. Because as a heel, she was coming from behind. She was being mm-hmm. attacked. She looked like a badass slamming her shoulder to pop back in the socket, which was awesome. But she's a heel. And I know that was supposed to make her look dominant, but it would have made more sense if Ember had won after all of that. Instead, you have, you, it makes no sense for the character of Ember, 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 Simba, Ember. Um, it just makes no sense for her. It does her no favors. So, and I just felt that it was, it was very oddly told. I believe it was like a letdown yeah. coming out coming out of Philly because their match oh, yeah. in Philly was fantastic. I thought yeah. with with Shayna, I, I still thought Shayna was a little greener, for, you know, in a lot of the aspects with like technicalities and movement around the ring, but it still had something. Shayna mm-hmm. performed really well in that match. Like overall, that was a match. Like for this, I was expecting it to be at that level with Ember lear- learning from her past mistakes. And I, I didn't get that. So I guess I'll be the cynical one and say that I really enjoyed this match. And the reason why is, I guess, because for me, Shayna Baszler, you know, being a former MMA star, obviously everybody knows that she's trained with Ronda Rousey and that they're like best friends and yada, 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 yada. But I thought like it was a great showing of what what is going to happen with Shayna Baszler. Maybe not now, maybe not in the next couple couple months, but it's going to show, like, she's going to be a face. She's got a badass attitude to her. And when I compare her to another person, I, I guess when I looked at this match and kind of thought about it, it felt more like a, a Stone Cold versus Bret Hart match where, like, Stone Cold gets put in a sharpshooter and he just refuses to tap. So it shows his badassness when he passes out. Kind of same thing with Ember Moon, where she was this badass who kept coming, kept coming. And eventually, it was the wave of Shayna Baszler that took Ember out. Like, she, she just couldn't stand the tsunami, you know? You don't you get hit by the first wave, and as more waves keep hitting you, you just get tired. And I think that's just what, that's what it made it look like. And, you know, Shayna was hurt with her shoulder, you know, but she was gripping her hair, trying to do everything she could to make sure that Ember was either going to tap out or go to sleep. And I think... It, it made both wrestlers look strong while, like, you know, Shayna obviously is still green. She still has a lot of, like, learning to do. It just showed to me that she has a lot of promise to come up. And, you know, her, her jiu-jitsu game is obviously going to be what's going to really be showcased because she's a great on-the-mat person versus what she would be, like, on the microphone. You know what I mean? So she still has a lot of things to learn and, and to get better at. But I felt for me, man, she's going to be a great storyteller just – 
she needs time, obviously. I, yeah, I and I could definitely, I definitely agree with that. She does need time, but she does have some promise. I hope that the mat game skills come out with her, uh, especially. So I hope she doesn't have like a cocky head going into this. I want her to really learn like actual wrestling style, like transitions and everything else like that. You know, they're they're there. I see her working on them. Um, but I really would like to like see that crisp up because like when she's standing, you know, being the one that's taking the punishment, I, it's not believable. It, I don't I don't believe it coming from her. And mm-hmm. I think maybe that was like a little bit of the problem. Yeah, and um, I mean, and that's 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 the thing that comes with time, though. Like, I mean, you can see like she used to take real punches in the face for a living. Like now you're telling as, asking her to take you know show punches to the face for a living like she has to learn like it's a it's a whole acting thing that she has to pick up on and I, that's why i think there's so much more promise there for her well let's pick up the acting chops then <laughs> <laughs> um, next match uh undisputed era defeating authors of pain and roddy and pete dunn for the nxt and dusty Rhodes titles Mo- one of the biggest moments of the night was the ending with yes. the roddy turn which to me I, I, I predicted you, uh, Undisputed Era, winning. Didn't expect the Roddy turn until the moment backstage before the match when Cole and O'Reilly were talking about getting another person in. And I was like, oh, we're going to do a Roddy turn. That's the only time. And even then, I was like, eh, maybe not. Roddy's too much of a goody-goody guy. But to me, once it happened, I threw my hands in the air. I was like, yes, we have a great stable. Like, I feel like Undisputed Era is now complete with it. Great match overall. Yeah, I really yeah, so. enjoyed I enjoyed the match. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. I was just saying um, I enjoyed the match. Um, I felt it was maybe it could have been just a little bit better. I enjoyed it, though. Um, I felt like it was a good kind of going away for Authors of Pain, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, definitely, I mean, I feel like the whole match was just overshadowed by the end, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just they had a really great ending and a very big moment. I think the ending makes the rest of the... the it's It brings attention to the match. It, yeah. I, I do agree it probably overshadows it, but at least yeah. it's memorable in that aspect. Like, you yeah, and remember it like, the ending. Yeah, that that's that's also the thing. While like, if that match hadn't had that ending with the other two matches at the end and the championship match, um, the five star and then the championship match, that tag match might have gotten lost. But you still have that big Roddy turn moment to kind of stand with it. Yeah, so. it's, it it's able to stand on its own because of that moment. It's, exactly. It's, I guess with that help of it, I, it, the match itself was good, but it just it added that special something to make it like the rest of the card stand out. Yes. Cliff, I before you were so. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before we were actually interrupted you. <laughs> Sorry. No, so I mean, I have to. No, I have to agree though, man. Just like you know, watching the Undisputed Era come in, and you know, Adam Cole got taken out really early, obviously because he was in the in the match prior to that. But you know, him being out like most of the match, you were just kind of like, okay, well, what's gonna happen? And then you know, there was great moments in there by O'Reilly, but then you know, the the turn happened, and I was like, wow, <laughs> it was like. That was so cool. I was, and to me, I didn't expect it. So I, to me, it was it was a great surprise. And what a showing, in my opinion, for Kyle O'Reilly. Like, if I, if you do not want to see a one-on-one match between Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne with just the little interaction that they had in that match, like to me, Kyle O'Reilly can definitely it, it definitely showed that he can stand outside of the stable in, yeah. in mm-hmm. wrestling because I thought he was a, the standout performer 
of that because of you know Cole being taken out and doing double duty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, K.O.R. He definitely stood out for me that whole match. I agree. Yay. Yeah, I'm on board as well. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, anything else on that match you guys want to input? How, you know, AOP, oh, we'll get to AOP later. NXT results had Pete Dunne angry at Roddy, and Roddy and Pete had a match, right? Yes, they... Wait, why am I totally blanking? Oh, yes, they had a match. What I thought was going to happen did not happen. I guess those guys weren't at the tapings. I was expecting Mustache Mallory, but he was aided because he was getting attacked. That's good. So that means we're going to see more of a Pete Dunn-Roddy feud. And result of that feud, maybe Roddy taking the UK title before losing it to another UK member, maybe, to just give more oomph to UE? Maybe, because I don't see them getting the, the main belt. Yeah, I don't see that either. Yeah, no. See, Cliff, start watching NXT more yeah. often. You'll know exactly That's what, what I need about. to do. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, Alistair Black defeating Andre Andrade Cien Alamos. I apologize for butchering it the first time. Uh, for the NXT Championship, um, I'm pretty sure everyone had Alistair going into this. It was pretty much what written on the wall. Fantastic match, though. It made almost look so good in the ring, even with Vega helping like a record four or five times. Uh, just, just another great, great takeover yeah, see, match. I actually, I felt that Zelina was involved too much in that match. Just a little too much. Crutch, too much of a crutch for Almas. Like, does that ruin his credibility a little bit? A little bit. It was just distracting. Like the end, the last, the last one was great because you know that resulted in him, um, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to finally capitalize and 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 Almas, you know, that being the detriment to to Almas. But I felt there was way too many times. Like she was getting away with it because at least with his match against Johnny from philadelphia eventually she she won too many times and then candace was out alistair didn't have that so it was like yes he ended up capitalizing finally so good comeuppance then you you went to the well too many times here's your comeuppance yes but it was it it, until then it was just a little too much for me i can hear i can literally hear you in my head saying oh come the fuck on well uh, no (laughs) i i mean (laughs) see yeah you probably said it a little bit i might have (laughs) cliff this was your first take on alistair right is this your first time seeing him yeah so actually what's so funny though is that so i like to watch uh yeah yeah exactly so um I watch, so I listen to Wrestle Talk right uh, on YouTube, and that's another channel that I really like getting to pay attention to. And they did a whole thing over Alistair Black getting called up to the main roster, like it like it happened the next night on Raw after WrestleMania. So it's kind of cool, like to pay attention. But the way that they were portraying him, like he was everything that they portrayed him to be, and I was mad excited, like this dark, ominous kind of dude who just kind of did his thing and just didn't care had a good following and stuff so like watch him in a match i was like man this is actually he's actually got a lot of like he kind of i don't know how to say without like making the cheap ass comparison but he uh he had a very undertaker feel without having to be the undertaker you know what i mean like he still had his own badassness going for him so it was just so cool to see like a figment a figure like that again and just just a, I felt like he didn't care that she kept getting interfering in a match that um Zelina kept interfering. He just he was just like whatever. I'm gonna just get him. It's gonna happen anyway. So I'm gonna keep going out and keep going out and keep going out. And so I just felt like 
no matter the finishers, like, yeah, he, at one point he got frustrated, but then he just kept going. And I was just like, man, like, it's almost like he was like, and obviously they have it, it's already planned and everything, but to watch him come out there and just be like, I got him. He just had that same persona the whole time. I was like, this guy's got the got got that dark look to him. I like it. Alistair has the, the presence. He's got the uniqueness of it. And his execution on every fucking thing is perfection. I have yes. never seen him execute something and it fail. And this is from the house shows to in the tapings, NXT, takeovers. I haven't seen him mess up once. His execution is flawless, and I'm so excited to see what he's going to bring, you know, this coming year with the title and everything like that, because we know he's going to have matches now every, everywhere. So, excited about him. On to Katie, Katie's love of the life. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, the unsanctioned match, the second five-star match of the night. Katie, I'll let you take this one. Give Johnny! Stars! I, okay... I love Johnny Gargano. I just, he's amazing. He's just, there's just something about him that is so genuine and so intriguing and just, he's going to be, I mean, he is already a star, but he's going to be a star. Like, I I hate to make the comparisons to say like next Daniel Bryan, but like he has the capability of transcending that sort of plane that Daniel Bryan reached and is probably going to continue to reach but he's just there's I just don't see how you cannot get behind Johnny and that's something that not a lot of wrestlers have and on the reverse Tommaso and his heat and the hatred that flows through wrestling fans towards him is incredible. I mean, I just, I loved his entrance. No music, just the the asshole chants and the hatred and the anger and the vitriol. And it was just, I knew it was going to be just something else. And they absolutely exceeded expectations. I mean, and I was nervous. I didn't want them to screw it up because this was a two years in the making feud story and everything. So I felt that they... Oh, so good. Like, I loved it. Oh, my God. I've watched it, like, three times already. Like, I just loved it. It was so long, but so good. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, 34 minutes. Cliff, what did yeah. you think? Yeah, so, I it's going to be funny because, like, I I watched the whole match. And what I did like about it, though, it was very technical. And I have to give props. Like, they, they came in. They did their job. Like, obviously, like, they were going to do. Then they deserved that five-star that they got. But it, it was a – I don't want to say but. It was a great match. I thought t- on a technical side, like, man, you just – you couldn't have asked for more perfection than what, what you got. I mean, I was move after move. I love the fact that the way it finished was great with the knee brace. I was like, yo, that's – Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's, that's that's one way to end somebody out. So I have to I have to say I give it I give it a lot of props. It just felt, you know, you're right. It's so funny because like Daniel Bryan with the with the uh, kendo stick, and then you have uh, Gargano with the uh, the knee brace. So to me, I, I when you've made that comparison, I was like, yeah, actually, you know, I see that a lot now. So mm-hmm. it's just I know I had a lot of fun watching the match. I thought there was a lot of great moments in it. So I have to give I have to give you know my my props to it. The heat from Tommaso was nuclear during the tapings in Atlanta once he resur- or made his resurgence, which did I not predict, Katie? The yeah. The answer is yes, I fucking predicted it. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. The heat in that building was palpable. The, the noise, 
that everyone made, I could not hear Robert next to me when he asked a question. I literally could not hear anything. It's to me, it sounded the same once the tapings went back to takeover. Uh, no, sorry, back to Orlando. Mm-hmm. It was and very similar. Execution was perfection. The pay, the slow burn payoff was excellent. The fact that they referenced so many things in just the match alone, in that ring, in mm-hmm. that thirty minutes, from the cruiserweight match, from the kendo, from the from the crutch to the brace to you know their tag team. I oh, it's going to be really hard if they do another match. It is going to be really hard for them to upstage that one kind of like bailey sasha the second round yes uh, it's going to be really hard for them to do that they're gonna have to add a stipulation probably can't wait for that feud to continue oh god over the whole for all the whole show man like you gotta give it up to triple h man like he's been uh, running yes. NXT oh, yeah. so well like holy cow like i like that man, like now that now that he, you know, we'll we'll talk about the show later. Now that he's running two oh five, like I expect the same the same it's, thing to come out of two oh five. It's delivering at NXT. It's been delivering, yes. It's been delivering hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The daddy Daddy H needs to make sure that, you know, he has his hand in the pot in Orlando. Keep putting the he clearly knows what people need to go in there in the right spots. He puts his I hate to use his retail term that our boss used to use, Cliff, but he puts the aces in the correct places. And <laughs> it, but it's true. Tell please stop me if I'm wrong. It he is. does because the trainings, the performance center is on point. They got the best production team coming out like to hire right away, coming out of full sale. So that was a smart um, partnership with them, and they they built NXT in the correct way. I don't know how you can predict it or make those decisions, but everything about NXT hands. This this has been the best year in NXT since probably Finn became champion. So I it's think so it funny because I remember I remember when NXT was like the reality show, quote Ugh. unquote, and oh, like yeah. everybody was a part of it. And so to see the transition from like this reality type TV show to like this legitimate show, like it is amazing to mm-hmm. like to see the talent that's coming out of it. You know, everybody in front. Let's be real, like Rollins, Banks, Roman, uh, Ambrose, Balor. What? Yeah, you the know, who's who of just, Raw and SmackDown now is they are NXT alumni. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and you're it, seeing like Triple H's fingerprints on everything. The only problem I have, I and mean, we'll talk about it as we get into this further. The only problem I have with Raw and SmackDown right now is the fact that Vince still runs it and he doesn't know how to utilize those pieces. So as we've said, aces and places, he doesn't know how to utilize those people, man. So yeah. you know, if he once he lets go of the gas pedal and let Triple H drive, though, that shit's going to explode all over again. We are definitely going to be mentioning that because that is going to be a focal point of one match conversation about Mania. Uh, speaking of Mania, let's roll into that because... Segway! Segway into <laughs> the pre-show. Thanks for hooking it. Um, we'll just spitfire the pre-show right quick. Uh, Katie, who did you predict to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Um, I thought that there was going to be more exciting people in it, so I didn't predict anyone. I was like, I don't know, like maybe Joe. Now, I was glad Matt won, but... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little bit more exciting. Cliff, who did you predict? So I, I took Dolph Ziggler. I'll be 100. I was like, this was finally, I was like, you know, they started kind of like pushing him up again and he started doing well. And I was like, all right. And then they're talking about how he signed a contract, even though we find out later that he really didn't. 
And I was like, yo, he's going to be the guy. And then all of a sudden, like, he really didn't do a lot in the match. I was like, all right, well, he's going to slow play this. And then he got thrown out. I was like, all right, this is disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds I like pre- most of what Dolph Ziggler does. Oh. <laughs> The but he's such a yeah. great he's such a great seller and then yeah, like he yeah. can deliver when he's getting the right push he can deliver and like he's just obviously like the WWE is not behind him and so he's not behind them and you can see it and it sucks because like I watched him I think it was a couple of days before WrestleMania and they did like the, no I'm sorry it was Fastlane so he did a Fastlane interview with Renee Young and they were, like, having fun and joking. I was like, oh, man, this is, like, a Dolph Ziggler that I've seen before. And he was, like, really cool. And then he lost the match, obviously. And then he came to Royal Rumble. And, or he went to the Battle Royale. And I was like, yo, this sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. To quote Steve, since he's not here, Steve would say, I am bored with Dolph and I dislike him now. That's something that Steve would say if he was here. And I kind of have to agree that it's, while I appreciate him for his abilities, um, I am bored with him. I, I'm trying to stay behind him, hoping that this heel, tur- this heel turn, this heel push eventually will culminate into something. I'm having my doubts. I don't know, Steve, but I agree with him. I'm, I'm, having, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to have my doubts. But luckily enough, this was the first of my correct predictions. I predicted Matt Hardy. Um, I just did not think that Bray would come in. I actually thought it would be Jeff. That would help him win. Um, regardless, I am happy. I thought it was <clears throat> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Once, once, honestly, though, once Matt was one of the last guys with the other heels, I had a feeling Bray was coming in. I think this is going to push them to a tag team of some sort. Regardless, I think it, it Matt deserves it even though past winners haven't really gone and done anything much with this quote-unquote milestone victory, I think Matt will do something with it, especially with this broken gimmick coming mm-hmm. into its own. We'll talk more about that and Jeff on the Monday Night Raw segment, uh, switching into match number two, Cedric Alexander defeating Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight Championship. Katie, did they get rid of the Enzo taint? Um, They were getting rid of the taint. Enzo's taint, listen to me. Yeah, they were getting rid of that already on 205 Live, and I think that match at Mania was very disappointing. So comparing it to last year's that we witnessed live, Neville versus Austin Aries, you would say it's a downgrade? Um, Just in terms of that match, yes, because Cedric and Mustafa Ali have put on better matches on 205 Live. They've Mm. put on better matches with other people on 205 Live. That match just didn't do anything that it should have. And I guess, see, and that's funny because how you guys, because you guys watch 205 Live and obviously you guys watch NXT, so you guys get to see them all the time, but I don't. So I'm one of, I guess I'm one of the rare exceptions. I really liked this match. It was fast paced. I thought it was great action. And to me, it reminded me of a Rey Mysterio versus Huvatu Guerrero Jr. match. Like back when they had World War Three. you guys probably don't remember that, but I remember 100% watching those two like go toe to toe and it was just it felt like the same caliber match and i was i was super excited for it so to me i thought it was a welcome sight to see cedric as like the you know he's not a super high flyer but he is a high flyer but you know mustafa was really doing a lot and i just thought overall i thought the match was great so i have to kind of disagree on that side just I thought the electricity, I felt electricity through the TV, and I actually thought that that was my match of the night, so I kind of, oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad, though. Like, 
I I felt maybe I was more critical of it because I watch 205 Live all the time and I've seen them and everything. But to know that someone that doesn't watch it them as as regularly actually like their mini match, that's good. Like I'm glad because I want them to do well. I want people to see them. I was gonna say I remember watching the Austin Aries Neville match and I was not impressed at all. I just oh wow I know you shut your mouth. No, I'm sorry, man. I just wasn't. It wasn't a thing to me, and I think. It was only because for me, when I remember watching Neville when he debuted, not, not from NXT, but when he debuted in SmackDown and or in Raw, and I was so excited to see him. And then when he went away because he broke his ankle and he came back, he had the beard. I was like, he's turning heel. And then he became King Neville. And I thought that King Neville, I was like, he's doing great. And I just, but the one thing I just could never get past, and I still don't get past it now, is that his finishing maneuver was a superplex from the top rope. Like, that was, was in the a, beginning. I, that was in the no, beginning. No, no, no. I'm sorry, but it just it didn't pass for me. <laughs> and then he went and started using the rings it's of Saturn, and I was like, no, nah, I can't. No, old school. It's it was a his, tribute no. to old school. What what <laughs> drew me to Neville? What drew me to Neville was watching Neville, and it made me. It reminded me of when Neville first debuted. It reminded me of Evan Bourne and Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman, and he was paying true tributes to real cruiserweights. And then we watch him to kind of like change it to like what's what's the guy's name? Is it? Do, so you're telling uh, me that the ground game of the cruiserweights that is needed to counter quote unquote the high flyers like in the Guerreros and everything. Not all Guerreros were high flyers. They had that ground game. They had the technish, the technique, and the the technical skills to go with that. And Neville was able to encompass all of that. And it just added to the power of the character to have a superplex from the top rope, which, by the way, most super... Yes, because most of those times, people with that did that move, with the, probably the exception of Bob Orton, who, by the way, had that as his finisher, usually get hurt in some ways. Nobody got hurt when Neville used that move. It was pure execution. It was You knew it was coming. It was the fear of it. And you knew that the way that Neville sold it, along with the other people, it was a viable finisher. But for me, I think what it was is that because Neville came in high octane, all go, no quit, just his the, the way that he wrestled prior to him get, breaking his ankle, I just felt like, I don't know, to me, it just felt kind of like a letdown. That match kind of felt like a letdown. I'm he sorry that I'm on the heel. other side. I don't care. I'm telling you. There heel was heel, there's, no, there are heel characters who I felt with their ground game were a lot more technical and they're a lot, they were a lot better. And I'm sorry, Neville, to me, Neville is a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. I won't take anything away from that guy because he is amazing. And by the way, and I know someone's going to laugh at me about this, but he was in really great shape. I have to be like, I'm mad jealous of this guy. But to me, <laughs> I just <laughs> Neville is a built, he just five foot eight freak. Yeah, and I and I like I I don't know I just to me I just I think Austin Aries if it was anybody else it might have made a better match. Austin Aries to me watching watching him come from Impact TNA whatever you want to call it, watching him come from there man like he was doing a lot more and obviously the WWE was telling him he couldn't do all the things that he really wanted to do. And to me, it just, it was a letdown. Mm. Okay. We're talking way too much about last year's WrestleMania. <laughs> You're entitled to your wrong opinion, but regardless, <laughs> going on. Naomi winning the first women's battle royal. My prediction was Sasha. 
I was clearly wrong. Kind of nice to see the NXT people, the, the the women from NXT, especially Kavita Davi. I did not expect that. Yeah, um, no, I did not expect that. Question mark on where Billy Kay was. Uh, since I Peyton was, was there, I was, I was very confused. That. Very confused. Naomi is... Uh, in rare company, she only, I think, Melina, China, and Paige and AJ Lee are the only other women in history of WWE to have a back-to-back WrestleMania victory. So Naomi winning that for the first time, the Women's Battle Royal, signifying a big push for her later on, maybe? Meh. I know you're so- down on her. <laughs> Let me tell you, let me tell you what my prediction was. So prior to the prediction, I literally said, Naomi's going to win this match. And I was like, no, you know what? Naomi is more like the Kofi Kingston of the Royal Rumbles. So I'm going to have to go with Bailey. And sure, the last two people was Naomi and Bailey. And Naomi ends up winning. And my friend texts me. He's like, so about that Naomi pick? I was like, shut up. <laughs> I hope I, I'm not. A, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the Field of Glow, but I'm a huge fan of Naomi's. So whatever she goes through, like, hey, I'm like, you're a rare exception. I'm 100 behind you, and you know, I don't care what she does, but she could turn heel, and I'll still cheer for her. I'm just, she's one of those personalities. I really like her a lot, so I'm, I'm good with whatever she does. And I don't know, it's weird. I just hope that she gets a bigger push, and she, uh, you know, either one takes that belt from. Oh. Well, I don't want to spoil anything, so we'll talk about that later, but she could take that. She could be a future <laughs> champion again. <laughs> Katie, so what, what's the meh for, Katie? Okay, so um, I like Naomi enough, but I felt that her championship run was bland. It was so bland. She's still, she's not that charismatic. All she is is an entrance and really cool gear. She's still terrible at promos. She's been doing wrestling how long now, and she can't cut a promo. So I don't she cuts really a promo better her. than Natty. Oh, Natty's terrible. She does cut better. better. Ugh, yeah. Don't get me started on Natty. I can't stand Natty. But no, Naomi's very boring. They want this pure baby face with Naomi, but she's boring. You know who you have right there? Becky, Becky. freaking Lynch. They, I, they I do agree. nothing with Becky, and they keep showcasing Natty and, and Naomi. And it's like, these girls are boring, and they're annoying, and they're not that good. Becky has everything and she's still over no matter how much they bury her so i think they should have given that to becky and i was pissed so yeah my buddy picked my buddy picked becky lynch and we both actually talked about how cool it would be to watch becky lynch turn heel just to see what she can do as a heel because i I just imagine her tearing apart everybody and just dominating the women's circuit as far as a heel goes. I think if, if a heel Becky were to be a thing, I think they would have to change her finisher because with the disarm her and everything and heels, you already have Ronda with a type of arm bar and then now you have Shayna with her type of uh, hold and you have Asuka with a hold. I think there's getting to be a little too many arm head submissions around there. It'd be interesting to see Becky as a heel. I don't think they'll ever pull the plug on that because of the fact that she moves merch. I think she's one of the top yep. women merch sellers. Probably, um, but the problem is they're going to run into the problem with Sammy. They're going to end up turning her heel and totally losing out on someone that could have been a big feel-good baby face. Uh, well, I mean, the big, the big good baby face runs can happen after a good heel run. I mean, look at Braun. He had a monster heel run, and he finally turned face, albeit not to a double turn like we thought should have happened a la yeah. Roman and the Ambulance, but Braun is the biggest baby face in, in WWE right now, in my it's opinion. True. Um, so, but anyways, back to 
uh, Naomi, would you prefer Naomi going back to heel, a la Team Bat? Was that a better run for you? Ugh, I don't know. I just think I thought I, th- I think I think Naomi personally for me I think she does I like the entrance it's unique and different I think she does have personality she does bring personality to the ring unfortunately unlike Maddie and Carmella which Carmella see I like uh, Carmella I don't I can't I can't mm-hmm. with her I, I liked her in NXT and everything like that her being healed like the, her voice just nails the chalkboard so yeah. yeah to me I actually have to agree so funny thing is is that Carmella is actually from a place that I used to live in uh in Worcester Massachusetts so it's funny oh, wow. that she's from there um but so the one thing I don't like about Carmella is you you hit it right on the head man she's too she sounds too much like Vicky Guerrero. I don't. Th- like, I just don't think. The, I don't think. Excuse me. I don't think the skill is there yet. I don't think it's it's uh-uh. there yet. We're getting it too far ahead of ourselves. But yes, uh-huh. I, don't think the, I don't think the skill there is yet for Carmella. I do agree with you, Katie, that Becky should have won it first and foremost. I was just disappointed that they didn't really continue or pull the trigger on a Sasha Bailey turn. I think yeah. that should. Well, I think I that should have been the trigger. That was a missed opportunity as well. Because you had the the whole, ba- you know, Bailey got one up on Sasha, and then you turn around and there's Naomi. Like, why? That was a bit. That was like the meme of the dude with the question mark above his head, smiling. Like, okay, I'm I'm happy with this, but why? Yeah. Like, it, it, you're, <sighs> I feel like this this show is going to turn into WWE's missed opportunities episode. Um, <laughs> Seth, <laughs> uh, we spent way too much time on pre-show. Um, Seth Rollins defeating Miz and Finn Balor in probably one of the best intercontinental matches in the past five to ten years. I thought Finn was going to win it. Uh, clearly, I was distraught, especially when he came out with his Balor Club for Everyone entrance. I was like, Finn's going to f- win this! But no, <laughs> Seth and his freaking White Walker badassery look came out and beat the anime. So <laughs> I'm going to be honest, man. I really wanted to see Finn Balor as the Demon King. Mm-hmm. Again, that out there. what we just talked about, missed opportunities. Yep. I thought I thought that would have delivered like because especially with you're right, man. So you have like all these tributes to like anime and obviously Game of Thrones, and then here you are with Finn Balor. And I loved Finn Balor and the way he came out. Like he, it was a great entrance. But the Demon King should have been that mark. Now, according the best way to kick off. According to the backstage reports, is that Vince wants to make sure that the demon is protected, so that way when the demon does come out, it's not taking the L. That it's when when you know the demon king comes out, it means business. I feel like that's a little overpredictable. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, okay, is he going to now? Time we the demon, he's gonna win. Like. Yeah, I don't like Vince's overpredictability to protect things. Like, it's like with Brock and Roman and Undertaker. Eventually, at a point, there comes a time where it gets old. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, but Finn Balor already took the L once as a Demon King. Remember, he separated his shoulder because of Seth Rollins. So I don't know how many more L's you could actually. But that was like the won, ultimate L there. But he won. That wasn't an L for the Demon King. <laughs> the only nah, loss man. that the Demon King has <laughs> is against Joe in NXT, right? No, because oh yeah, no. He was, when, no. He was regular Finn at the house show when he dropped the title. The rematch, he was Demon. 
he was demon. Yep, he was. That's the only so, one he lost. But I, I would have to agree that missed opportunity for Finn. So, so far, that's two for two or three for three on missed opportunities for things. So far, the whole nice. card. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Speaking of surprises, to me, the shock of the night, Charlotte defeating Asuka for the oh, SmackDown yeah. title. I, I'm still perplexed by it because of the events that happened at SmackDown. But initially, that was me screaming, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Like, jaw dropped, Robert laughing at me because I didn't predict that. I'm pretty sure everyone had Asuka winning it. Um, I, I think the last uh, betting odds was Asuka was the favorite by, like, 1,800. And Charlotte was over by, like, plus 2,000. Meaning, if you bet $100 for every $100 that you won, you won a plus, like, $2,000. So for any of those motherfuckers that bet on Charlotte, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Wild enough, I didn't I didn't see that coming either. I was I picked Asuka because I was like, you know, there was, like, a lot of rumors that Asuka was going to hold the title for a year. And that she was gonna fight Ronda at WrestleMania next year, WrestleMania 35 for the title. So I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I was like, she's gonna win. They're gonna have this feud, and it's gonna be awesome. And be like his skill, like ground game. And then like she tapped a Charlotte, and I just can't look at the screen. I was like, the fuck? I was like, yep. Am I watching this? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Brock Lesnar versus the Undertaker right now. Like this is this is kind of shocking to me. But it was like a good shock because I was like, oh look, like even though it was Flair that won, I was like, ah. I don't know. I kind of feel like this is kind of okay. Like, if you're going to lose to anybody, you lost to a flare. Like, okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> I'll see it. Yeah, that is a, true. A main proponent for me with Oscar during NXT, and I think, Katie, you and I discussed this before, was that by having the undefeated streak, for holding that title for 500 plus days, she almost, that the whole Oscar thing almost ruined the division, in my opinion. because A little bit. You delegitimize anybody as a potential threat, and the one person that was a potential threat, you took the shortcuts for, which, in my opinion, should have turned into a heel turn, and or her losing because of the shortcuts, therefore turning into now a bitter, salty, sour, terrifying heel, which I think that should have happened back at Brooklyn. That They should have pulled the turn on that then. Mm -hmm. By them doing this now... It gave Charlotte credibility, but at the same time, it ruined it because of SmackDown. If Asuka would have won, and I should have thought about this before, they would have continued that streak. If Vince would have continued that streak, with how small the, the actual division rosters are, she probably would have done the same thing to the NXT division and kind of decredibilized, if that's even a word, the rest of the <laughs> roster. Yeah. Katie? See, yeah, I can definitely see that. Like, there was. I think to the detriment, her her streak was a bit to the detriment of the NXT women's division. And I think it was a missed opportunity to have Nikki Cross beat her down in NXT. But um, I, the rumor is, is that Vince seemed uh, felt like backed into a corner with her streak and he wanted to just kind of get it out of the way so he could, you know, have her lose and win here and there. Makes sense. But at the same time, I don't know, like... I kind of wish that she would have lost her streak in a better storyline. You don't think it should have been Ember? Uh, no, because I'm not a huge Ember fan. I, I thought that would have been a great moment to, to turn heel. Either against Mickey James, like if she would have dropped the title to Mickey James, which would have shocked everybody, it would have got people talking about NXT back when Mickey did that match. 
or against Ember to solidify, give Ember more credibility to her character, give her more of a little personality, and heal Asuka with the, her badassery now just being undefeated for so long, for being champion so long, it would have been great chemistry because she showed the cockiness in NXT. She showed the heel mannerisms, and I bought into it. I was wanting more of that. I thought mm-hmm. that a, a champion Ember defending against an angry, bitter, salty Asuka for losing it after trying to cheat because that's the only way that she could have done it, I thought that would have been great. I thought heel Asuka should have been the thing because yeah, a lot of I people are bored. That. A lot of people are bored with Asuka. Now, granted, the, the loss gives her life a little bit, but where does she go from here? Mm-hmm. Like we we I mean yeah, I'm skipping ahead, but did we see her Monday or Tuesday? No. No, she wasn't so. either show. And I so, think that was purposeful, which is fine. I so Yeah, like she's almost like she's yeah, it's almost like she's like licking her wounds and she didn't want to be back. And now that she's got that loss, she's like, Okay, so next week I but it's funny because like what show does she show up on? Does she show up on SmackDown or does she show up on Raw? And with it obviously obviously with what's gonna be we're gonna be talking about later with the shakeup and everything, but who, where does she show and how long is she going to be on that show for? Mm-hmm. And where, where does the character go? Yep. Um, speaking of characters going nowhere, um, Randy Orton lost the title to gender in that fatal four match for the U S title. What's the theme of this podcast again? Oh yeah. Missed opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. Um, Rusev should have walked away with the title. Absolutely. But as we all know, Vince does not like uh, things to be over that he does not himself create. Rusev Day was supposed to be a one-time thing. It becomes a bigger thing than what it's supposed to be. And it's the most over thing next to Braun. And he loses. Not only does he lose, he eats the pin. That that was what really irritated me. Because if anybody needs to take that pin, it's definitely not Rusev. It's Orton. Orton can't afford to take the pin or the tap or the whatever. Yeah. I would have said, to be honest, I would have said Bobby Roode needs to be the one that takes the fall. Because, like, to me, like, Randy, obviously, being a champion, like, he never gets beat. Because, and this is how you would play it up, right? So, Ginger wins because he pins Bobby Roode, right? Rusev, obviously, having the most merch being sold at the time, like, you definitely want to keep that going. So, it shows that he's still strong. Like, he didn't take the fall. So, you can't really blame the loss on or blame Ginger, uh, blame the loss on him. And then you have, you have Randy Orton who you're like, well, he's still a defending champ. He could be like, well, I never lost the belt, so I can put my rematch in at the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's it's one of those things where it's like you could literally watch Jinder go, yeah, I won the belt, but I never pinned the champ. Bobby takes the fall, but Bobby still looks strong because Bobby had a good showing in the match. So you're like, well, let Rusev stay Rusev. And God, man, just give the guy some more credibility because the guy is doing everything you're asking for. And exactly. I've been... I've been a fan of Rusev since he was. I watched. I watched the dark match. I watched his first dark match against Tyson mm-hmm. Kidd in Winston, Massachusetts. Like I watched him do that, and I was like, "Yo, that dude is gonna be awesome." And then like now, I'm just seeing his character go up and down and doing all these stupid other shit that's going on. Yo, this Rusev Day thing is just—it's his thing, and it's—it it moves just like Daniel Bryan did with the Yes Movement. And Vince just needs to just stop fighting it and just roll with it and let him do his thing. Does this loss not? Uh, we- we agree this loss does not help Rusev. It, it's more frustrating than anything, especially knowing that Vince is in control of the match outcomes. Jinder is young. Also, Jinder is probably the most natural heel that they have on the roster. He's hated. He yes. gets, he, gets hated. He, he is hated. I'm glad we can all agree on that. But to me, the elephant in the room besides Rusev losing when he's the most one of the most over guys is the credibility that the match gave Bobby. 
it lowered his credibility. And I have a fear mm-hmm. that with him coming off so high, beating Nakamura, coming off of a great NXT run, and usually, with few exceptions, you having that NXT belt means you come into the main roster with some oomph. And I feel like we're about to witness possibly another Bo Dallas Neville situation with former NXT champions. I don't think that's going to be. Yeah. I, well, I definitely don't think it's as bad as Bo Dallas. <laughs> well, the Bo Dallas was, has been a gradual, sad roller coaster ride. Sad Bobby is though. getting there. Like, I don't feel the credibility of him winning a title, holding a title. This face run has been abysmal. Yeah, it was great because the, the fucking uh, theme song's over. But Bobby made money. Bobby was money as a heel. So I, I really hope that Bobby turns heel soon. Maybe throw him in the main event picture with Shinsuke since Daniel Bryan and AJ are the faces of the title picture now. Allegedly post-shakeup, we won't know. But I think a, a rude heel turn is in the works or needs to be in the works. Yeah. I agree. He needs to just turn heel and just He's definitely let it ride. super bland. He's a super bland face. He is an awesome heel. I mean, I hated him when he was a uh, a heel in NXT. And he's, he's good at it. That's his job. That's his job. Exactly. He's doing his job. Exactly. No, I'm agreeing with that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I want, I expected more for this first year run of his on the main roster, and it's underwhelming. Speaking of not underwhelming, and a proper opportunity given, uh, the Ronda Rousey match, which was the match of the night by Mr. Meltzer, 100% blown away by Ronda. Did not expect that much crispness coming out of her. Um, I expected the worst, and I was... 100% surprised, right? Yep. I think th- I think there was only one spot when Ronda got tagged in where she did the exchanges, the, the twisting exchanges with Stephanie. You can kind of see Stephanie not being able to keep up, and there was kind of that, lo- that little weird moment with her arm up in the air. I think oh, other, yeah. than that, other than that one moment, Ronda belongs in that ring. She 100% is a natural to this with just the little amount of training that she's been doing while filming a movie, mind you. She is Mm -hmm. in the process of filming a movie, and she was able to prep for this match, get some training in, yada, yada, yada. I I just, I cannot wait to see what they're going to do with her. Yeah, she's a pro, man. It doesn't matter what she does, whether she's training for the Olympics in judo, she's training for an MMA fight. You know, her, her ground game has always been something to be astounded of. Whether it's Brazil, her Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or even just her Judo, like I've kind of mentioned, her her stand-up game was always kind of something that was funny in the UFC world that we always talked about. Where it's like anybody who can strike with Ronda is gonna knock her out because Ronda's strike game is not on point. So to watch her transition into wrestling, like this was a natural fit for her. It's always been a natural fit, and I was one of those people. I remember watching her YouTube reaction video when Seth Rollins turned on the shield and she was like so shocked and upset. And you're like, she's a hardcore fan. And she put she her ever heart. This, yeah. She, she put her she, heart and her determination into this match. Like I, I, from what you've described with her in UFC. And I think we've had conversations about her in UFC back when we did trip, we did our trip to Vegas. She 100% had, has her heart in this and it showed and it paid off. Yeah. So well. And she said it. She said it so many times. She's like, I'm not here for anything special. I want to earn your respect. And let's be honest, man. Everybody that was watching worldwide and anybody that was in that arena that night at WrestleMania, there you were like, Rhonda, you don't even got to do anything else for the rest of the time that you're here. You have earned everybody's respect. Which, funny enough, 
and I'm going to kind of compare it to something else, right? Remember when, like, uh, was it Snooki from uh, no. Jersey Shore? No, 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 no. Hear me out. When she got in the ring, everybody booed her. They hated her, right? Up until the point where she did that back handspring and she landed at that elbow, everybody then kind of turned. No. No, nope. for us, nope. for us, hey, but the level of expectation could have been like that. But the thing was, is that we all know Ronda Rousey and how much she dedicates herself to it. It just, Apples it was so awesome. Apples she, and oranges. That's a nah. celebrity getting a little limelight, being able to do some cartwheels and backflips. That's great. Yeah, the spot, the but spot. My this point being, the, I, the point is good, but the, the spot versus the whole shebang, the whole 20 plus minutes versus a one minute spot. That's apples and oranges. I agree, but disagree. It's like, it's, it's 50. I get what Cliff is saying, though. I get what he's saying. I do too, but it's apples and oranges. <laughs> it's different. No, because they, they still they still won, regardless, regardless of the outcome, like they still won over the crowd. And that's exactly what we were all waiting for. So we all gave our respect to... To both people in different ways. But with Rhonda, we had high expectation. We all gave her her respect when she came in there. Yo, at the point where she was wanting to fight Triple H, like, yo. And they were like, the ref was all trying to act like, hey, we're going to stop moment, this. And you knew that was going to happen. And that was that so moment, awesome. That moment got recognition by, uh, who was Candace's tag partner? I can't think of his name. Off Joey the top of my Ryan. Head. Joey Ryan. It got credit from him because he is a big, big promoter of intergender wrestling and bringing that back and i think that helped with the credibility of ronda even further i think it made stephanie a little bit more badass being able to go up against kurt or at least kurt take on um you know stephanie i think if if done right done tastefully you know in this pc pg social justice warrior age of women empowerment and everything i think if it's done right it could be done well not like mm -hmm. the overzealousness of what it used to be in the attitude era of you know chair shots to lita and everything else like that which dean malenko versus ivory jacqueline lita and everything those were some damn good matches and i think it made them credible badasses hence why they're already they're all in the hall of fame i think done well i think intergender matches can be more of a thing yeah i remember, I remember the becky lynch the becky lynch game uh, match with james ellsworthy man it james just showed Ellsworth like is not even a man he doesn't no, even know but i guess he is <laughs> oh stop 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 disrespecting the chinless he, wonder okay that guy oh Jesus. he did he, everything that was asked for him he is an undead science experiment gone wrong he is still missing body parts <laughs> oh my god you're a only his chin i cannot stand him he was a waste of time money and space oh whatever <laughs> man i uh, loved i love james Wesley. and actually he lives here in baltimore so i get to see him like every so often keep him dude he's like He's one of the funniest dudes, and just watching him like go through. Hey, man, can you find somebody else who has three wins over AJ Styles? Roman. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, next, next. So we all agree, Ronda. Uh, disgusting. All right, we all agree, Ronda. Fucking exceeded expectations. Match was fantastic. Amazing. Okay, moving on to one of the disappointments of the night. Thank God it was only quick. It was only five minutes. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers beating Usos New Day. Predicted the Bludgeon Brothers to win because clearly it was going to happen. It was just, it was humdrum. It was humdrum the whole time. You knew it was going to happen. I mean, I'm kind of glad it was quick. It didn't do any favors to the Usos of New Day. Yeah. Nah, meh. I didn't want to talk about it. Um, that's how that's how mad I was at the match. I picked that's the Bludgeon fine. Brothers to win, but eh, that's what it was. 
that match cool. had so much more hype to go with it, and it just what a letdown. I think yeah. I think with the, with the SmackDown you know shows coming further and the smaller pay per views, I think we'll see more of the Bludgeon Brothers. But we saw them as the Wyatt family. We liked them as the Wyatt family. WWE writing ruined the Wyatt family. So yep. humdrum. Um, speaking of humdrum, Undertaker versus John Cena in a two. I don't want to talk about. Uh, okay, I'm talking about this squash match. This well, disrespect. Yeah, but it was a complete squash. Undertaker did look good. Clearly, he was carried. I think it put Cena in his place after all the stupid, hypocritical trash talking that he did for the past four or five weeks. But yeah, it was just kind of. It was like a, a cheap pop. Like, oh, good, you got another hip, so you have another body part that's less than 18 years old. Great. <laughs> I mean, and just no. I was, I was, I'll be honest, man. I was not excited for. I, I was excited for the match. There was a lot of great hype, but obviously behind it, I was disappointed with everything that happened with it. And they're gonna go back, and someone's gonna mention it. And they're gonna be like, well, you know, John Cena, he he wasn't ready. What do you mean? The dude called him out four weeks in a row. He talked trash. He just wasn't ready for when the Undertaker was gonna show up. Like he wasn't going to. Come on, man. Stop it. He. This is what you're going to do to a 16-time world champion. That's what you're going to do? Like, you're just going to be like, you know what? Taker's going to come in and just crush him. Really? Because he didn't crush Brock, and he didn't crush Roman, and I don't know why you would sit there back and go, hey, you know what? Let's just crush Let's just crush John Cena. That's okay. So yeah, you're going to set up a match for WrestleMania not. 35? It's like, not. the fuck? Like, you're going to set it's up WrestleMania great. 35? Come on. It's, they yeah, should have was... just kept him. First of all, if they were going to bring him back, why didn't he come back as the American badass? He was literally right there. Kid Rock went in the Hall of Fame. He was there. Why wasn't he the American badass? I agree because they set it. They set it up perfectly with the whole hat and coat trench left in the ring. Yes, yep. the Undertaker retired that night. They should have left the Undertaker retired. Mark should have came out as Big Evil, American badass, something like that. Leave the mystique of the Undertaker behind. Clearly, we know that Big Evil, American badass, is a little bit more humane. Doesn't really have that mystique, so the Undertaker, the the dead man image, would not have been harmed. Yep. This was a missed opportunity to bring that out, especially with the, duh, Kid Rock did this. Allegedly, the, one of the reasons why that didn't happen was because Kid Rock wasn't there at Mania because he had to go to do something else, which I think is a bullshit excuse. But that's what I thought. If he had an opportunity, he retired the Undertaker persona, big evil, American Badass should have been the one to at least do the squash then. Yep. Whatever. No, I think, personally, uh, let me throw this in right before. I think you have the Undertaker show up, you have him face off, you have him face to face with John Cena, and then that's it. Don't even have a match. If you're gonna squash John Cena, don't even have a match. I'm not At a big least per- pile like- drive him or choke slam him or last ride or something. Yeah. Just you could do something. That, just yeah. I just think I just think the whole match thing to me just didn't make sense. Yeah, like you say, you could have you could have ended that way. You could have ended that way. You could have done a pile driver, or you could have John Cena figure this. John Cena sets up for the AA. Undertaker kicks out, then pile drives him, walks out of the ring. Then you're like, uh oh, and that sets up. You set up a great run for WrestleMania 35. Eh, eh. Stupid. <laughs> It'll be once in a lifetime. <laughs> right. Slight <laughs> letdown. Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon defeating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, so Owens and Zayn are no longer a part of SmackDown. I thought they weighed too much on the whole Daniel Bryan on the outside. It, it, yeah. it, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it I wasn't see a that, good but feeling. I thought it was good. 
the match was good. Daniel showed up. Shane showed up. Every everyone showed up to the match. Don't get me wrong. I just thought the execution, the timing, that the, they spent too long with Daniel on the outside. I don't know. It was. It felt a little meh. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't it. I think. I think the. I think the ending to this match should have been that Daniel Bryan locks into yes lock. Shane McMahon hits him from behind. But that would have made, no made no I sense. Nope. I would have. I would have. I would have taken Owens and Sami Zayn. That's that's who I, I mean, thought was going to win. I 100% thought that Shane no. McMahon. Yep, How? I thought because you know what? Because Daniel on Bryan's Tuesday night, back. no, Mm-mm. no, no, because no, on Tuesday I, night I, when they had their yeah, when they I, had I their, their their little apology thing, I thought I thought for sure that whole apology thing. I thought for sure either one, either Daniel Bryan's turning on Shane McMahon or Shane McMahon's turning on Daniel Bryan. One of those two things is going to happen and it's going to start this whole new thing off. And yep. nope, instead you got the yes lock and then you lose two of like your great heels in a turn. Yeah, I agree. Um, mm, I, I'll, I'll gladly be on the sidelines saying no to that one. I think Kevin and Sammy going to Raw is probably better since they don't really have a whole lot of heel clout, especially with Miz probably going to take off some time after having a kid because let's face it, Miz is the top heel right now brock is not uh gender is not um i think shinsuke has got you know with that turn is not <laughs> heaven and sammy are the top heels behind the miz with miz possibly taking the break aka dropping the title i think that gives them good limelight to be thrust into universal title picture it if and when that time comes i think the moves raw would probably be best for them so speaking of raw and another uh. missed opportunity uh, Nia Jax defeating Alexa Bliss um, uh, in a longer than should have been match. I pers- I like the decision, Nia winning. I dislike on how long it was. It ruined even further the mystique of Nia being a big girl, being able to be dominant and everything. I would have loved to seen Nia come out, take out Mickey like she did. Loved that. I would have yeah. preferred, preferred it being then a quick, decisive you know, boom, hit, boom, hit, like three, four moves, done. I think it should have mirrored the Mickey James, Michelle McCool match at Royal Rumble back in what, 2009, 2010? It should have been that. It should have had that type of just sweet revenge finish. And yeah. it, it was ruined. I it, it, was, it went on too long. Alexa's not the one to carry a match as a heel with someone that is Nia Jax. Yeah, I'm just tired of Alexa being dominant when she doesn't need to be. Like, she dominates people that she's not better, like, she shouldn't be. Like, mm-hmm. Asuka and Naya. And Sasha and Bailey and... Yeah. Because, let's face it, Becky. Alexa Alexa is good as a heel because she can deliver on the mic. She can deliver reactions. She is great. She has improved since NXT. 100%. Mm-hmm. I will give her that. I'm not taking that credit away from her. But in this match with this opponent... At WrestleMania, it should have been a China Ivory style squash. It yes. should have been a quick, pleasing finish, and it it let me down. It was underwhelming. If it was quicker, yeah, it probably would, so have had, think, it would have had a better rating. I think for me, it should have been it should have been like Nia Jax tries to run in, misses with a knee in a middle turnbuckle. You know, Alexa obviously takes advantage, but then Nia just takes over from there. Just it should have been it one hundred percent should have been Goldberg Brock Lesnar last year as Nia Jax Alexa Bliss, and it should have just been Nia just coming through and crushing after after one miss move, she comes through and finishes it off. I think the match should have probably been five minutes long. <laughs> yes. Anything to add on that, Katie? I know I'm trying to rush this one now because we're yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, I just I agree with everything that you 
say. I'm just glad Naya won. True. Get, sh- it was kind of a, a shitty storyline. I'm glad they, that Alexa and Naya both signed off on it because I would have felt uncomfortable if they didn't. Um, but glad she finally has the title. Another missed opportunity. AJ Styles defeating Shinsuke Nakamura with the turn at the end. Uh, Dick puncher! Dick puncher! Didn't predict it to go this way. Thought Shinsuke was going to win. Was still pleasantly surprised with the heel turn. It was a shocker. Match still kind of was not there. Disappointing. I I just wish the WWE... I wish the WWE would just say, you guys go do your thing and not put restrictions on what they can and can't do. You guys go do your thing and... That's it, because with their match at Wrestle Kingdom was amazing. Yeah, to come back and watch that match WWE, you're just like, what the hell is this? This is not. This is like a skeleton look of what Wrestle Kingdom was. I was like, I, give them I, what they could do. I just hope that I'm hoping clearly the program continues on and that we get a great match delivery, say at Backlash, Extreme Rules, and stuff, stuff like that. I think while we were all disappointed because it didn't really live up to that hype, I think that. In some ways, it just sets the stage to maybe get to that point. Kind of like the matches with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. The first one was really, it was okay. It just set the stages. Some of their later matches uh, for the WWE title during the Summer of Punk were really, really good. Um, So I'm hoping that both those superstars stay on one show together so that way we can continue the storyline because I have hopes for it. Disappointed with the match, hoping that the, the the heel turn and everything continues forward. Yeah. But I will give him credit, though, because there was great shout-out moments from Wrestle Kingdom that they did in the match. Like, when Shinsuke hit him with the D in the back of the head, I was like, yo, that's that's a fly. That's a fly callback. <laughs> Katie? The heel turn was definitely unexpected. I definitely, like, shouted when it happened. I'm liking heel Nakamura, but they're... I just, I think I had my my ex too high i think everyone did yeah, yeah. i think That's, so that was the consensus at the people watching it with me well let's just look forward right. to the future well, then on that yeah the the 13th one we're talking is you know braun Strowman and referee child defeating the bar it's oh so, god so i liked i like the match but the problem i have with the match though is that now you take a lot of credibility away from the bar yeah, yeah that's my problem because it's just like one man because you eat the bar it was a I, fun it was a fun moment it was it i like, like the nicholas no, joke nope <sighs> it was garbage all of it Hot garbage. I was the definitely la- disappointed. The last thirty, the last thirty minutes of this program were hot garbage. Yeah, no, I agree. And this ma- this match was only about four minutes long, but the prior was about five. So yeah, no, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I feel bad. <laughs> okay. I feel bad for. The- I feel bad for the bar. I have because of the bar. I have grown to love Sheamus more so, and Cesaro has always been a, a fan, a, a top favorite of mine since he debuted. I was, I've always, you know, liked him a lot. But I've because of the bar, I've grown to appreciate Seamus more, and I appreciate them both more. And it did no. I no. See, I didn't really. It's it's so funny for me because with with Cesaro, I didn't really like Cesaro up until the first Battle Royale. You know, I that's when I really started liking Cesaro because it just the things that he was able to do in the ring. I was just like, wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing it forever. I, mm-hmm. I give him that. But I just thought that whole when he came in as a I'm the former rugby player who got kicked out of the rugby league. I'm like, you're a lame ass dude. <laughs> that's all I kept thinking with pepperoni nipples. That's all wow. I kept thinking about. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about his pepperoni mess- nipples. If- <laughs> Uh, and, okay. no, I, I, I like him. 
I like him a lot now. So that's good. Speaking of not liking people a lot and liking people a lot, I'm gonna give I us. Like about, I'm gonna give us Boo! five minutes. Five minutes to get a rant out on this because we still have one more thing to really. We have a couple things to discuss after this, so we're gonna have to fly through it. Um, okay. I didn't watch me... it. I turned off the network. <laughs> I'm not giving in to this main event match. It was garbage. I'm not giving into it. So um, she watched the same, it. I fell asleep. My opinion on the whole thing she is: put it out there. This is a repeat story again with Roman. Roman coming off a it well leading up to it was repeated. Uh, Roman coming off a hot victory or hot moment at WrestleMania. Stay strong for most of the spring up until about SummerSlam where he takes an L. And then he has like this struggle it, during the summer and fall wins a mid-card title or does something to kind of boost him up a little bit, drops a mid-card title around Royal Rumble, and then has this underdog story raising up until WrestleMania. We saw it with yep. Brock the first time. We saw it with Triple H and the Royal Rumble and Sheamus and everything else like that. And that was after the whole possible injury and everything else like that at that time. And then we go into into all of that post, you know, the, the first failing of the drug test and everything. Had that moment before SummerSlam. And then he had to be built back up after winning the U.S. title. And then he goes to fight Undertaker, comes off the win, and then it dies down. And then he wins the IC title, and then he loses the IC title. And the Rumble happens, and it's now the underdog. I'm tired of it. I'm over it. The Roman Reigns experiment is over. It's flawed. Not only because of the writing, it's because it's shoved down our throats. It's a lot of things all wrapped in run. Roman, I don't buy you. Nope. I'm sorry. I'm so, over it. I, I, was I have to be honest. Like, Go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying I was loving his, finally loving his promos going into this match. I was expecting for, I was, I was done with Brock Lesnar. I was ready for them to just get it over with and give him the belt. And then he just decides not to give it to him just because the crowd was shitting on it, rightfully so. And he wants to give it to him in Saudi Arabia. It's fucking stupid. And I hate it. So I have to say on my side, my two favorite promos from Roman Reigns was the one he delivered to John Cena and the first one he delivered about Brock Lesnar post yeah. the Royal Rumble. Like, those are my two favorite promos from Roman Reigns. Anything else is just shit in between. Roman Reigns, he only has, like, five moves. Like, I swear to God, he only has five moves. Yeah. And, like, he uses those moves repeatedly. And I'm like, you know what? Can we get Seth Rollins in here? Can we get... I would take a batter Dean... I would take a post-surgery Dean Ambrose at this time over anybody. I would take Doink the Clown back before I decide <laughs> to say I'm going to invest in Roman Reigns. Like, I'm just saying, like, there's just... I, Roman Reigns, like, yo, like, he's that dude that, like, he's not going to carry the torch. He's a great mid-card guy. I will give him that. But he's not the face of you your franchise. So many fanboys' hearts just there. <laughs> I don't care. But all those dudes, all those dudes out there that are like, yo, I'm on Roman's dick, man. Roman is the man. Roman's the greatest thing ever. Roman sucks. I'm sorry. He sucks. Roman he's sucks. horrible. And his, his two promos... One, he literally copycatted John Cena's promo about The Rock. And then two, he just went out and said, Brock Lesnar's a bitch. And everybody's like, ooh, he called Brock Lesnar a bitch. So has, like, numerous people. But they've all backed it up. Yeah, I think the only time that his promo was ever good when they stopped going PG and they go PG-13. And he, he says a swear. Yeah. yeah, that's the only time that he gets a cut. If that's the only time that you can deliver on the mic is when you have to curse, then I'm so sorry. You need to either get rid of the writers or you just need to not be on the mic or not be in that position. And for Roman, it's all of it. I'm but just, you see, Roman, 
and but Roman cutting that. So that's why I said like the John Cena promo to me though. He didn't curse in it. He it literally didn't curse. They weren't that but good. He and the funny thing was though is he and that's why I said he copycatted John Cena's promo from when he did but it about the rock. Then, even then, and we're getting we're running out of time. Even then, he got overshadowed by John Cena. In that feud, he was absolutely on the mic, oh, yeah. overshadowed by John Cena. It showed then and there definitively that he cannot be on the mic without someone carrying him and setting him up like Cena did. And with all the setups that Cena gave him, Cena still outshone him. Yep. Still, I know. Overall, that's the reason why you don't see you don't see Brock Lesnar on the mic either, though. Brock sucks on Brock the mic. has a baby voice, and you don't need that when you have the best person on the mic and Paul Heyman helping him out. With that, Brock has a oh, baby voice and a face like he a does. cookie and a body like a ham sandwich. Which is so funny movie. though, because my favorite. Hold on, but my favorite thing from Brock Lesnar though. Remember the time that he told Paul Heyman, "Here, Paul, say something stupid." Yep. And then like hand a mic off. That was like one of my favorite moments from Brock. So I had to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are going to flash run this. Give me in the quickest amount of time your top three things taken away from Raw and SmackDown. Cliff, go. Uh, the really cool set of titles, the tag titles. That would probably have been number one. Uh, I liked. I liked that Sasha Bailey is finally starting to kick off some kind of feud because God, that thing has been going on way too long. And then uh, the Finn Balor, Finn Balor, obviously the Finn Balor uh, IC run. So obviously all that stuff getting together. Seth Rollins starting to put his thing together. It's those are my my top three favorites. Oh. AOP showing up too, so that was a huge move too. So I I knew I was forgetting one person that when that mattered, <laughs> and then like everybody else, just forgetting. Sorry, I have to put this on a side note. Bobby Lashley showing up, I love that. So he's one of my favorites. Okay, he's one of my that favorites. Was, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. That was five. We added two more. So okay, I know equal opportunity. Top five from takeaway for post Mania Raw and SmackDown. Oh God, um, I don't even know. Just the iconic duo. <laughs> like yes. I was really excited about the iconic duo. I love them. I'm not mm-hmm. excited about. I'm not excited about Bobby Lashley. I think he's just. I mean, Black Lesnar. Like that's like that's <laughs> one of my friends is calling him <laughs> Black Lesnar. Like that's what he is. And I'm just kind of like, Ugh. I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it. I'll see. I'll give him a chance. But I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to what they're doing with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt together. I really loved that they already shot, you know, started with Daniel Bryan getting to wrestle all these people that he hasn't with AJ. I can't wait to see Daniel Bryan wrestle everyone else. Um, I was not excited about Paige being the SmackDown GM because I thought we were finally getting rid of her because I don't like her. Um, those are my moments. Maybe not my top favorite, but those are moments that I took away from it. Um, for me... Uh, Ember's call-up was a, a a nice welcome surprise, um, especially when it was announced that there's no NXT rematch against Shayna, so that means we're going to get fresh challenger for Shayna. Um, really excited what she can do. Joe returning and destroying Roman highlight of Raw. I really hope that Joe coming off an injury again isn't just going to be fed to Roman to, to, to feed Roman and make him look good. Iconic duo, I, I, I wasn't going to try to repeat anybody, but Iconic duo... Uh, super fresh faces to SmackDown. I'm so excited for them. Same reason why you are. We've been there. We've seen them. Jeff not joining Matt Hardy, just kind of alluding to it. So maybe we're going to get a singles run out of Jeff, maybe a possible future title. Who knows? I'm excited about that. And then I'd have to say, I'm going to throw a 205 in there. The, the, the 
the Atami and Akira Tozawa possible heel turn as a tag team, I think that will definitely be something to look forward to on 205 since 205 is turning in a great direction especially with the possibility of the cruiserweight tag titles being launched later on this year really running out of time ah um shake up really quickly top three katie who needs to shake up and why i think now that Paige is i think you put daria on smackdown you get her away from uh ronda because they have similar mma kind of style gimmicks i think Daria, I mean, sorry. Sonia. Sonia, sorry. Terrible. Sonia goes to um, SmackDown. Um, Sonia to SmackDown, okay. Yeah, I think they actually, I think they should split Bailey and Sasha for a little bit. If they're not going to pull the trigger, they should split them. Um, I think maybe Bailey should go to SmackDown. And crap. I think. Gender. No, he's got the belt now. Actually, I don't know. I didn't prepare myself for this. I apologize. Ah! Rusev. Rusev should go back to Raw. Okay. Okay. Cliff, top three of who needs to get moved and why. Go. I think Finn needs to go to SmackDown. That's going to be top one. Uh, Reason being is that Finn is kind of lost in the shuffle. And I think that if you take the Ballot Club over and you turn him heel, you got a great great, uh, three-on-three with uh, the New Day. So I think that you should keep that. Side with that, going from SmackDown over to Raw, I definitely agree. I think Rusev needs to go over, and I think he just needs to stay heel. You know, he's getting over with the Rusev Day chance. Let him stay heel. Let him carry do his thing. It's going to be awesome. People are just going to flow to it. And then, um, obviously, because they're off right now, I would have to say that you can't really say Kevin Owens, but I think Dolph goes back over to Raw because I just – He's kind of lost in the shuffle. Maybe you can reinvent him somehow to be a good mid-card in, on the other side. So I think him going to Raw would definitely be a benefit benefit for him. Uh, for me, uh, Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, I think they're going to pop over back to SmackDown. I think that they'll build up a, a strong heel in either Sasha or Bayley, um, possibly with the Absolution if they stay as a team. I think they'll build them up to be top heels to go against Nia. Uh, maybe Asuka moves over to SmackDown to continue. Uh, with Charlotte, maybe assist with Iconic Duo or something. I think that I think there definitely needs to be some sort of shakeup with the women's division on both sides. There needs to be call-ups. Do not do enough to shake it up. And then if I if I were to give one big guy that needs to move, it's hard to choose just one. I th- think I would say Finn as well because I think a Finn and AJ dynamic versus like Shinsuke or something like that, a lot of like heel indie darlings. Um, I think something like that would be great to have. Um, so I think Finn to SmackDown would be great vi- revitalization for his character and probably a WWE title. Oh, so, also I have a prediction. Ooh. I think Drew McIntyre is showing up on SmackDown. Oh. You, you don't think that he's going to stay in NXT? Uh, no, I don't. Do you think Andrade stays in NXT? No, it's kind of a bit of a spoiler, but I feel that there was a couple of moments at the tapings that I went to on Wednesday that I think indicate some people are going up, but I think Andrade's one of them. Sanity? Yes, Sanity was the other one. As a whole? Uh, I don't think so. Is Nikki staying back or is AY staying back? Is a- e- EY. EY and Nikki. I absolutely think Nikki should stay in. Um, the women's division needs her. The women's I division love- in NXT needs her. I don't think the women's division needs her. Cliff, final notes? Final predictions? Uh, yeah, I think my biggest prediction, though, this is going to be funny. Uh, Seth Rollins goes to SmackDown. With the title? And you With the title? Yep. 
with the title, and I think gender goes the other way. Oh, okay. They do have swap titles. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Really quickly, I don't think that's going to happen because the IC title has been built up to be a main title, especially with the Universal title not being there. So the IC title has that prestige now because of the fact that Universal title hasn't been there. So the IC, I, I don't think that I don't the US title doesn't have the carry the prestige carry of it. I disagree. But with Saudi Arabia coming up and that title possibly switching over, there's definitely a huge shot that they're going to make some moves, and then you're going to see like they're going to be like, oh, now it's back over. Uh, Roman's going to make it prestigious again, and then lose it to Samoa Joe. All right. Well, <laughs> I apologize for taking too long, guys. It's been a long discussion. We kind of skipped through the last little bits of it, um, but we will be back next week. Katie, Cliff, thank you for coming. You're both invited next week. Post the shakeup uh, for Steve, who unfortunately did not show up. Uh, my name is Martin. Thank you for joining the Franken Culture Wrestling Post WrestleMania podcast. Hasta la vista.